us pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for this moment when we have the chance to reflect upon your word. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture today is from the gospel according to Mark, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 20. Hear the word of God. And Jesus began to teach beside the sea. Such a very large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat on the sea and sat there while the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he began to teach them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on a path and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and it sprang up quickly. But since it had no depth of soil, it and the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30 and 60 and 100 fold. And Jesus said, if you have ears to hear, then hear. And when he was alone, those who were around him, along with the 12, asked him about the parables. And he said to them, oh, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything comes in parables in order that. They may indeed look, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones on the path where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown upon them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy, but they have no root and endure only for a while. But then with, when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are those sown among the thorns. And these are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the age and the lure of wealth and the desire of other things comes in and chokes the word and it yields nothing. And these are the ones sown on the good soil. They hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30 and 60 and 100 fold. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I heard a sermon on this passage a long time ago, and the preacher's point was this. God is a dumb farmer. Hard to imagine anyone calling God dumb, but this preacher used that word to make a point. And his point was that when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God and he likened it to the sower who chose to throw his seed, he sows it on every imaginable soil. It's not that, you know, some of the seed accidentally fell on the path of the rocky soil or the thorny soil. It's not what Jesus says. He just says that the seed fell on all the soils. He threw it despite the conditions of the soil. He, he threw it despite the infinitesimal chance that it would bear fruit on these bad soils. So for those reasons, the preacher asserted that God was kind of like a dumb farmer. Maybe you could use another word. Maybe it's better to say that God is a hopeful farmer, an outrageously hopeful farmer. God is hoping beyond hope that there will be conditions, no matter what our soils might be, that will bear fruit from his seed. 
She explains Jesus' patience with his disciples. The Gospels are rather unsparing when describing the disciples as pretty bad soil. They just often don't get it. But Jesus keeps throwing his seed over and over again and with every hope that is rocky and as thorny as their minds and hearts might be, that somehow, somehow a seed might make it into a place in their souls where it might germinate and bear fruit. And goodness knows that it did. It's why we're here today. Our world, you know, has its way of giving up on lots of people. Lots of people can convince us that they're beyond hope, that they're never going to change, that, you know, they're not going to be the soil ever for the kingdom of God. But God is this hopeful farmer, and God doesn't give up on anybody. Even when we're ready to give up on ourselves or when we're ready to give up on others, God keeps throwing that seed over and over and over again. Makes me think of a story that was told by Father Gregory Boyle. Greg Boyle is the author of Tattoos on the Heart, and it's about his experience of working and ministering with gang members from East Los Angeles. Father Boyle spoke here just a couple of years ago. And he tells this story in Tattoos on the Heart about a boy named Anthony. And he tells the story this way. At 19 years old, Anthony had been on his own for a while. His parents had disappeared long ago in a maelstrom of heroin and prison time. And now Anthony was fending for himself, selling the occasional vial of PCP to buy Big Macs and the occasional pastrami madness sandwich at Jim's. He was a tiny fellow, and when he spoke, his voice was puny, reed-thin, and high-pitched. If you closed your eyes, you'd think you were having a conversation with a 12-year-old. One day, we're both leaning up against his, his car, and our conversation is drifting toward, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a mechanic, Anthony says. Don't know nothing, don't know nothing about cars, really, but I'd like to learn. Well, Boyle continues, my mechanic, Dennis, on Brooklyn Avenue, was something of a legend in the barrio. Dennis could fix any car, a tall, pole-thin Japanese-American in his near 60s. Dennis was a chain smoker. He was not a man of few words. He was a man of no words at all. He just smoked. You bring in your car and complain of some noise under the hood, hand the keys to Dennis, and he would stand there with the cigarette dangling from his lips. He'd take the keys, and when you returned the next day, he'd give you the car purring as it should. No words were exchanged during the entire transaction. So I go to Dennis to plead my case. Look, Dennis, I say, sitting in his cramped office, truly a smoke-filled room. Hire this kid, Anthony, would you? Truth is, he doesn't know anything about cars, but he sure is eager, and I, I think he could really learn some stuff. Dennis just stares at me, nodding slightly, a long ash hovering at the end of his cigarette. I redouble my efforts. I tell Dennis that... It wouldn't just be one job for one homie, but it would create a ripple effect of peace in the entire neighborhood. Again, long drags of silence and a stony stare. I get out my top hat and cane. Nobel Priest Prize. It will alter the course of history if you hire this guy. It will change the world as we know it. Still nothing. Still the icy stare. Dennis just fills his lungs with smoke as I fill the air with earnest pleas. And finally, I just give up and shut up. I've done the best I can. I'm ready to call it a day. 
And then Dennis takes one long, last sucking drag of his cigarette and releases it into the air, smoke wafting in front of his face, clouding my view. And once every trace of smoke is let out, he looks at me, and this is the only thing Dennis says that day. He says, I will teach him everything I know. And so Anthony becomes a mechanic. He gives me periodic updates. I learned how to do a lube job today. I fixed a carburetor all by myself. And finally one day, he hands me a photograph. There's Anthony with a big, broad smile, face smudged with axle grease, work shirt with Anthony embroidered proudly on his chest. No question to look at his face is to know that its owner is a transformed man. And standing next to him in the picture, with an arm around Anthony and a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, is, of course, Dennis, an equally changed human being. All because Dennis one day decided to let the seed into the soil. Dumb farmer, hopeful farmer, however you want to look at it, God never gives up on any of us. Let us pray. Help us, O oh God, to have as much, as much hope as you and to give as many people as we know another chance. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.